Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today our guest is Bruce Eckfeld. Thanks for being on the show, Bruce. I'm ready. Thank you for having me. Yeah, honored to have you on the show. I'm really looking forward to this conversation and just diving into your expertise. I know a lot of people on the show are in the process of starting businesses or they have a successful business maybe already, but these are going to be things that are like you and I were talking about that are just foundational that we need to go through and talk about. So really looking forward to this, but a little about Bruce in case you haven't heard of him before. Since 2016, he has been a contributing author to Inc.com where he writes a weekly column on business and leadership. Also hosts two successful podcasts. Can you believe that? Two successful podcasts. Scaling Up Services, which provides insights and strategies on how to successfully scale service-based businesses. And Thinking Outside the Bud, which explores innovation in the business of cannabis. In 2003, he founded Cyrus Innovation, one of the first lean agile consulting firms, and worked with companies such as Boeing, Kaplan, Test yeah. prep, yeah. Simon and Schuster. I can't pronounce these names. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the New York Times on product development got, yeah. <laughs> and lean agile transformation initiatives. So, incredible guest, Bruce. Appreciate your time having you on the show. And why don't you give us just a little more? Because I know you have just from our conversation, you have some real estate background as well. I'd love to hear a little about that. And let's just jump into your superpower here that I know is going to give everybody lots of value. Sure. Yeah. So I started life as an architect, did a couple of degrees in architecture and, and spent a little bit of time in the profession before I kind of switched into software and then technology. But I've had that kind of come back to me a couple of different times. Uh, I did spend a long time in low-income housing tax credit syndication. We can go on on and on about 80609 tax credits if you want, and then have worked with several different real estate companies over the years, both on the technical side and then actually as a coach. My main job now is helping companies really figure out strategy and how they're going to grow and execute on that. And yeah, I've worked with companies that deal with the built environment, whether it's on the construction side, the financial side, on the investment side, even, you know, ancillary product services, environmental engineering and stuff like that. So I have a pretty strong understanding and basis in what it takes to do real estate and real estate investing. And so, yeah, so excited to kind of talk with you a little bit about my, my take on strategy and why strategy is so important. I think it's, it's one of the fundamentals to any business, whether you're just starting up or whether you're, you've been in business for years and you're looking to grow and scale, you know, it always comes back to like, how are you going to do that? What is that strategic position you're going to own? Nice. It's so important, right? I mean, having some type of strategy or else we're just kind of running on that treadmill, right? We don't really know what... I mean, you could not have a strategy. It's just, it's a lot of hard work. Mm. <laughs> I'd rather make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Well, you know, the, I know most of the listeners, a lot of them are, you know, they're business owners and they're, or they're, or they're either building a new brand or, you know, a lot of some of them are debating about starting a podcast or, you know, how to brand themselves, whether it's some kind of something on social media or, you know, some way to get their name out there, right? We're connecting with passive investors and growing our database, right? So we can and do, do more syndications, larger deals, things like that. But, you know, that branding process has taken me a long time and tons of work, yeah. you know, and so I love having guys like you on the show that have 
some expertise and just the strategy that, you know, I wish I had known and thought through more of this. I'm sure, you know, a few years back, you know, when we started all this, but looking forward to this. So, you know, let's just jump right into, you know, creating that strategy for somebody that's, you know, building that real estate brand. So, I mean, look, strategy for me, I always kind of start the strategy conversation of, of what is strategy. And strategy is not about competing to win, right? We're not there to beat other people. We're there to find a unique position in the market, right? We want to create some kind of differentiated, some kind of ability to make us different from everyone else's out there. And that's really the way we're going to be successful. I mean, strategy, I mean, you can take a low cost position strategically, you know, you can kind of do the Walmart thing. You know, but it takes such scale and you need to have such kind of dominance in the market and the supply chain and everything that it's, it's a really tough way to develop strategy. Unfortunately, that's what most people go into it with a price thing is I'm going to, I'm going to price myself to win. And it's just, it's a death spiral at some point. So really focusing on this differentiator is really what we're talking about in terms of strategy. I mean, I, you know, how you do that really is this function of where's the opportunity in the market, right? And I think a lot of people kind of think internally all the things they're great at, but they fail to really look at, well, A, who do I want to focus on? Who am I actually trying to serve? Who is my target customer? And what do they care about? What are their needs? And what does the competition look like? And I think, it, you know, it's, and those are very external things. So I've never met anyone that said, I thought about strategy too soon. <laughs> I've, met, I've met a lot of people that have, have, you know, said, oh man, if I would have thought about strategy, you know, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, it would have been much easier because it's about making some decisions. You know, and that's really the essence of strategy. It's about making some decisions. So help us through that a little bit because they're very important decisions, no doubt about it. And the sooner we can make these and think about this, I think the better. And so what are some of those decisions? And I, I know you just talked about what do they care about? What are their needs? What, what are, what's our competition doing? What, what's our competition thinking? Are those the, the questions that we need to be thinking or, or is it something else? Yeah, I always start with the customer. And so, you know, in the slightly different, if you're just starting up and you haven't really built a business yet, you're just kind of entering the market, you're going to have to do a little bit more kind of going out there, talking with people, interviewing, but you want to identify some kind of ideal customer. Who do you really want to provide service to? Who do you want to do business with? And understanding that there's, I'd like to say, you can do business with anyone, just not everyone, right? So you need to figure out out of the world of possible people you could do business with, what are the ones that are really going to resonate with you? If you're existing business, you have, you've done deals and you've got some history behind you. You can look at the customers that you've worked with, the partners that you've worked with, and really, you know, ask the question of who have I enjoyed working with? Who's been profitable? Who's been easy to serve? Right? You really want to hone that list down to the top 10%. If I can look at the top 5, 10% of your client list, and we would say, look, how do we get more people like this, right? So the first is identifying that target. So if you have existing customers, take the top five to 10%. If you're just starting out, really just kind of do the research, talk with folks. But once you do that, you can start identifying, well, what are their needs, right? What are they looking for? How are they making buying decisions? How are they making deal decisions? And really figure out like, what are the top five, eight, maybe 10 criteria that they use to make deals, right? What do they care about? How do they make the decisions? What's the information they look for? Once I kind of have an understanding of what that, those attributes are for your ideal customers, then you can start looking at, well, what are the other options they have? What does the market look like? And I'm always, you know, we're always looking at direct competition, right? So who are the other people like me that they can go to? But I also want to look at the indirect competition. What are the other options they have to kind of solve their need or to get done what they're trying to get done? That may not look exactly like you, but it's an alternative for them. And start to look at how did those direct and indirect competitors really map against those attributes, 
right? And what we're looking for in that map is you're going to find some who do really well on some attributes and poorly on others and other ones that do better out of the other attributes. But there's going to be this irregular kind of shaped map of who does, who solves which attributes, who addresses which attributes best. And we're looking for this magical thing we call white space, right? We're looking for this blue ocean, this white space within that chart or within that model that tells us there's an opportunity to own some of these attributes in a unique way that no one else is doing right now. And if I can find that, that really becomes the basis of my strategy, what we call a differentiated strategy. I want to choose the attributes that I want to be known for. So that's really step one in that process. Okay. Yeah. And getting us to that blue ocean, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah. At least the you beginnings know, of the blue ocean. <laughs> yeah, the beginnings of the blue ocean. Well, and I hope you know the listeners are able to take some notes there. I know I was, and it's just like numerous things to appreciate you just laying that out. Like think about these things right here, and you even highlighting that you don't want to do business with everyone. I think that's like a misconception, right? That everybody has. I know I did. It's like, well, we don't want to limit ourselves because we want to be able to do, have this big customer base, right? We all dream about, right? You know, having you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of customers, or whatever, whether it's investors or customers, whatever you want to call them. However, you know, focusing on everyone means you're focusing on no one, right? Yeah, correct. I mean, look, if, if you're, you know, you're doing half a billion dollars in deals and things like that, like I'll, I'll start to talk to you about, <laughs> yeah, okay, may, maybe you hit some kind of limit on, you know, you need to think about doing business with lots and lots of people. But, you know, the fact is, is that there's so many opportunities out in the world, you're going to make yourself dizzy trying to chase all of them. And instead, yeah, if you can really figure out the handful that really makes sense to you, and more importantly, that you can really deliver value to, you're going to be much more successful. Not only that, I find that it helps align you internally, whether it's, you know, you as an individual or your organization, you know, aligns your, your group to, to those values or those attributes that you're going to focus on. It also allows your other stakeholders, your partners, your referral, your network to basically understand what you do and they can make connections for you better. If you're the, I do anything for anyone guy, like, I don't know how to refer you. I don't know who to put you in touch with. But if I know that you do deals of this size, of this nature, in this area, with this time frame, these characteristics, this color, right? Like it's going to be a lot easier for me to say, oh, you know what? You go need to talk to Barbara and you need to go talk to Joseph, right? It's, it allows me as a member of your network to actually plug you in much, much better if I've got a very defined and differentiated strategy. I like how you gave us that kind of plan too. Of if you've already been doing business, you can think about your current customer base, some of the top people, some of your top customers, who are they? What are they like? And it's going to help you develop this strategy in case you don't already have it. But what about the people who maybe don't have those customers yet? Maybe, you know, they're building, they're trying to develop the strategy of their brand and all that stuff, but maybe a couple of questions that's going to help them to think through how they're going to provide the best value to who. Yeah. Well, so I always start with whether it's the people you're working with or people you want to work with. The three things that I always look at are profitability, right? Who can you serve well? Basically, who's going to buy at an optimal price, right? So if you, whether you're doing business with them or thinking about doing business with a particular group or a particular individual, if they're talking about what kind of discount can they give you right away or how, you know, they start talking about price right off the bat, you know, they're probably not going to be a super profitable customer. And so that's question one. I want to do business with people who are willing to buy at an optimal profit level. You're not going to kill it, right? But you're going to have a decent profit because you need to make money on this. So that's question one. Question two is like, if you keep sending their phone call to voicemail when they call, that's a bad sign, right? I always call that that you pick up the phone, right? And if you're not picking up the phone, it means that you probably don't want to talk to them, which means it's going to be tough doing business with them. And whether it's you or your employees or the people that, you know, you work with, your stakeholders, you know, if they're complaining about doing business with this person, it doesn't matter how profitable they are. 
they're chewing up time and energy and that's going to sink you in terms of long-term value. So the second thing I always focus on is they have to be a pleasure to serve. And then finally, I think this is one that people kind of forget about or don't think about as much is do they promote you, right? Do they help you find other deals? Do they help you find other investors? Do they help you find other business? Do they refer you into people that are going to be good business partners? Because that's ultimately, you know, people usually think of your sales funnel as, you know, sign contract. Actually, for me, that's only half the way, right? You find a prospect, you get them into your deal, you do the first deal. It's the second, third, fourth deal. It's the referral partner that they become. It's the lifetime value that really is the, the piece there. If they're not helping you build your business, they're not nearly as valuable as someone that will. So I, I look at those three things. So if you're not, you're not in the business, I would be looking at those, at looking at your prospects, looking at who do you want to do business with, with those three questions in mind. Nice. Okay. And I, I want to leave enough time for us to move into the blue ocean part too. Just thinking about blue ocean, you know, what is our blue ocean? And, and maybe you could just give us, you know, what does that mean? In case that listeners never heard of that term before, what does that mean? And then let's, you know, how do we find our blue yeah. ocean? So blue ocean, the idea is, is that, you know, businesses, a market has many, many types of customers and many, many types of service providers, you know, businesses inside of it. And there are unmet needs that if you can articulate and effectively deliver on operationalized, you can be a different player in the market. You can be a known player in the market. And it helps you just not look like anyone else. And there's some classic ones. I mean, one the fun ones that I love to talk about are like how Cirque du Soleil, you know, they really changed the nature of the circus, right? So up until they came around, everything was, you know, a three ring animal circus. And they came in and say, well, look, yeah, there's a couple of things that are important. You know, we want a theme, we want a great venue, but they added all this stuff of really theatrics and gymnastics and, you know, different attributes to the whole idea of circus that had never been done before. And that's total blue ocean, right? In blue ocean, you can identify attributes that haven't been addressed or you can add new attributes that people haven't thought of before to create a new kind of subcategory in the space. And those are the strongest positions because you're basically setting up a new market. You're setting up a new type of business that no one can compete because no one's even thought of those attributes. So that's really what we're trying to do with Blue Ocean Strategy or, or create white space in my market. And it's going to, you find that by doing that analysis. And sometimes it's, you know, developing insights about unmet needs. So you may, through talking with your, you know, customers or talking with your market or where the unmet needs are, identifying thing attributes that no one else has articulated yet. It might be terms. It might be, you know, the way you provide your service, the nature of the service. It could be, you know, various attributes of how you package things physically or from a service point of view. But all those questions go into what does the customer care about and where does the market currently not provide those? And within that, then we want to look at the things that we think we can leverage. So you're going to have to look at your core capabilities. You know, what's your background, your experience? What are the things you do well? And we want to map those up and say, hey, look, while we can find maybe four or five, six attributes in the market that are unmet, I want to look at the two, maybe three that I know based on my capabilities, I can really align myself to. And it's going to be a process, right? You may not be perfect at it right now, but it sets you up to understand ultimately, where is my business going? Where do I need to focus on in terms of providing uh, clear, defined value for customers in these specific areas? And here's the real trick. Everything else, you got to let go, right? Everything else, you've got to be able to say, you know what? If this is not one of my core differentiated attributes that I'm going on, I need to be able to say, you know what? I'm not going to focus on this. I may suck at these things, but the only way that I can get excellent at the handful of things I'm going to choose is by be willing to suck at everything else. And it can be a little severe, but that's really the idea is you need to let go of these other things. Interesting. Got to let go. We can't master it all, right? That's kind of a lesson in life, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
See, how do you help people through that? I know that's hard. It's hard to think about letting go of those things. Yeah. I mean, so by letting go is you're freeing up resources, capabilities, money, energy, time towards those things that are going to be really important. And it's pretty clear. I think once you've gone through the process and you kind of identify those attributes and you start talking, especially if it's really built on customer interaction, if you've built these attributes based on conversations with the customers, you begin to appreciate how valuable that attribute can be. So say you want to provide a particular way of communication. You're going to have 24-7 text response, uh, customer service, or you're going to have an online platform that shows you every stage of the deal and calculates everything down to the hundredth of a percent, like all the data is at your fingertips kind of thing. Like those would be attributes I could differentiate on. If you've chosen good attributes based on conversations with customers, it's very clear to you that if you can do this, customers are going to love you or the customers that you want are going to love you. And once you identify that, it becomes much easier to say, oh, you know what, I know this other thing we had, this, this white glove service for this other thing. Yeah, it was okay, but it's not nearly as important. We're willing to let that go and we're willing to, or terms. I mean, a lot of times it's, you know, kind of the shape of the deal. You may say, look, we're not going to provide terms anymore, right? In order to provide these other things, you know, we can't do this current payment structure or we can't provide it in this way or we can't take payments in this method or, you know, it could be giving up on a whole bunch of things. But once you see that trade-off, it's much easier to let those other things go. You know, I get questions almost weekly from people that schedule calls and I get a lot of questions about how to start a podcast, how to, you know, how we do these things, right? Or just have a successful podcast. But, you know, often I hear Bruce, well, wait a minute, Whitney, you know, there's, there's so many real estate podcasts. Why would I start another podcast? Why would I do that? You know, and it's almost like they may not know of the term blue ocean, but they feel like there's not a blue ocean out there because there's so many you know, people that's already in the real estate space with a podcast, with branding or whatnot. How would you answer that? Well, look, I think, you know, in today's world, media and technology and, you know, the ability to access content, we're not talking about mass media anymore, right? You know, 50 years ago, it was, you know, three, four major network channels, and you're trying to appeal to everyone in the world with every content. You know, today's world is about creating a really focused niche market and creating content addresses that market directly. And look, there's, there's always room. I mean, I, you know, maybe in 10 years we could have another conversation and there'll be so many podcasts up there that, you know, there won't be any room, but there's always room. There's always room for another niche. And the trick is it's, it has to be niche because there is, there's not room for generalized, you know, super general content out there. You know, the more that you can zero in and say, look, this is a podcast for people that are in this situation at this time period and want to, do deals this size, you know, in this area, like all of those factors, if you can really hone that in, you can create a great audience. And, and the fact is, is like, you don't need hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people to make a successful podcast. You know, you only need, you know, you get a couple of thousand people following you in the right way. And that can build a really significant business, right? It's, but it's got to be focused. It's got to be targeted. And you got to be addressing their specific needs for the customers you really want to speak to. Wow. Bruce, maybe we'll have you back sometime in the future because I'd love to continue the conversation. It's incredible. But a few final questions yeah. before we run out of time. You know, tell me a way that you personally have, have recently improved your business that we could apply to ours. Well, so most recently, and this is somewhat fortuitous, I started working with a lot of distributed leadership teams. So my day job is really focusing on helping the CEO and their team figure out how their, what their strategy is, but more importantly, how they're going to execute it. And working with a couple of distributed teams that were internationally distributed, we really got good at doing online meetings and doing all these exercises in an online format. So I built that out 
basically most of last year. And obviously, you know, in the middle of kind of the pandemic that we're in now, it's proven to be very useful, <laughs> you know, as people can't move. And so, yeah, that move, embracing kind of this online technology, virtual technology has really been helpful for me. Nice. What about the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Figuring out what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. <laughs> letting, letting go of those things that I'm not. And really doubling down on your strengths. I mean, I think people spend a lot of time, you know, trying to focus on their weaknesses and everything. And I do this with leaders all the time. It's like, yeah, yeah you need to have strategies for your weaknesses, but you're not going to be successful by focusing on weaknesses. You're going to leverage your strengths. So I think, you know, just really encourage people to figure out what are they experts in? What are they really good at? What do they love to do? And then figure out how to make that useful for them. And then delegate? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I love talking about delegation ninjas, right? Is the ability to take everything else that I'm not an expert in that I don't want to leverage and finding a way to do it. Even if it takes someone else 10 times as long, you should still have them do it. I appreciate you saying that. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. And before we have to go, tell us how you like to give back. Well, so I do a lot of mentoring. I do a lot of coaching for folks in all sorts of communities. I mean, I, I fundamentally believe that the way that we recover from everything in the world and the way that the, the economy is going to get better is through building businesses, right? So it's helping earlier stage companies, whether it's, you know, coaching calls, whether it's a program, the content, I put out a lot of things that hopefully are really helpful to people and getting them, you know, whether you're just getting started or you're taking something that's started and getting it bigger, I'm all about helping people figure out how to grow and scale their business. Nice. Bruce, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. I love talking strategy and thinking through business strategy. And I just, I love trying to think through planning those things out and making things happen like that and, and appreciate your expertise. You know, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you though, or, or learn more about you. Yeah. So my website is Eckfelt.com and that has all of my, all the coaching work I do. It has links to the podcast, scalingupservices.com and thinkingoutsidethebud.com are the podcast. But yeah, we'd love to connect with people. You can catch me there and you can always email me, bruce at Eckfelt.com. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.